0: so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: It is a difference. You just got to adjust. Uh, with Andy, he's going to hit his 10-yard. If it's a deep, if it's a seven-step or a five-step, Andy's going to hit it and climb versus Justin. You know, because I played with Mike. I played with Foles, two different quarterbacks. You know, Mike always trying to make a play, so he's going to bail out and roll out not knowing, you know, I'm pushing the end up the field so he can come back and tomahawk. So I just got to adjust. I got to take more kicks when Justin in there just to cut off his pursuit angle because he's going to bail out and try to make a play. And that's what he do, you know, making plays. So it's just two different quarterbacks. You got one that pushes up, and then you got one that's trying to get outside the pocket if you get a little pressure up front.
0: We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Olin Kreutz. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app today.
2: Oh yeah, it's the pregame show. It's the start of the new era in Bears football. It's the first start for Justin Fields, and we're delighted to be here with Olin Kreutz and Patrick Manley and. It's presented by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Bears. The Bet Rivers download app. Download the Bet Rivers app today. Boy, that's uh, not easy for me to say. Maybe I had one too many zingzangs. Uh, we have a new partner. John, I can say it well. <laughs> Don't let Olin hear. Uh, Olin, I apologize for that read. Uh Zing Zing <laughs> is a new partner. <laughs> on the score and on hey, the This is serious gig business, show. guys. Cut it out. It is. <laughs> and and I, I got a four pack of the uh, of the Bloody Mary cans. I got to tell you something. This is some special stuff. This mm-hmm. will uh, this will make the weekend better for you. Uh, I can't really indulge during the week, but fantastic stuff and we will indulge ourselves now with Dan Pompey. Dan Pompey. Is uh, Does a great job at The Athletic. He obviously is, uh, his name is written in the Hall of Fame. That tells you something. And he joins us on The Guest Hotline, which is presented by Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Dan, good morning. How are you?
3: Good morning, guys. Happy Justin Fields Day. <laughs> Exciting day, huh? <laughs>
2: Well, tell us about it. I mean, you know, this anticipates people have been waiting for Justin Fields since, oh, I don't know, Sid Luckman retired. It just feels <laughs> like people, you know, we talk about patience with the quarterback. Don't the fans need a little patience here? I mean, the guy is now starting. Um, I know what Matt Nagy's been saying, but um, but it's hard not to want to get to the, end, the, the finish line.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, based on what we saw last week, it really shouldn't be, you know, the expectation shouldn't be that, that this guy's going to go out there and light it up. Uh, I think he clearly still is learning. I would think that he is capable of taking a step forward from last week now that he had a full week of practice uh, with the first stringers and got all the reps and practice. and um, You know, got a little more comfortable last week, probably with the speed of the game and uh, what the the defense looked like. Uh, but he's going to face a completely new challenge this week. You know, um, he's got a, a different defense. Now, Now the Browns' defense has struggled a little bit this year. You know, they have uh, allowed a passer rating against of 115. So that would probably give Fields and the Bears' offense some hope. But, um, you know, Joe Woods is a pretty crafty defensive coordinator. Uh, You know, I've I've asked him, I've I've talked to Joe about his scheme and, you know, what are the things he tries to do. He kind of incorporates a lot of different things, you know. Uh, He uses some of the man pressure that he learned when he worked with Wade Phillips in Denver. Uh, He can incorporate some Tampa two as he learned in Minnesota with Mike Tomlin. And he also uh, likes to do some of the first and second down things that he picked up in San Francisco when he worked with Robert Sala, uh, which, of course, is uh, a derivative of the Pete Carroll system from Seattle. So, you know, he can throw a lot of different things at you. It's a lot for a young quarterback to prepare for, and I'm sure Fields will be challenged mentally today.
1: Oh, that That was awesome stuff, Dan. And I just want to point out that if uh, Mully or Pat say, I said anything before you came on, I didn't. So. um... (laughs) (laughs) need, you, Dan. (laughs) Hey, Dan, um, what would you consider a successful day today for Justin Fields? By that, I mean, as long as you've covered the NFL, all the young quarterbacks you've watched, what – traits are you looking for out of him today when you watch this young guy and Dan Pompey leads and says that guy can play quarterback in the NFL? Well
3: look we know he can can run around and make plays with his athleticism we know he can make a spectacular throw so if he does those things and I expect him to do those things it's not going to be really a revelation or anything that we learned you know what would be great to see in terms of the development of a young quarterback, his ability to sit in the pocket and go through progressions, make right reads. Uh, you know, I, I think one of the great things about Fields that everyone will tell you probably going back to the point when he was a kid is, is he never seems to be rattled, right? He's got a great composure, a great demeanor on the field. And I would expect that would continue today. And um, You know, the the thing we haven't seen, though, really is, you know, how does he respond to adversity when he's in a really bad situation, when he's getting his rear end kicked, uh, when, you know, he needs to go out in the fourth quarter and make a drive, put a drive together and uh, and be a clutch player and, and, you know, deliver that pinpoint throw uh, in the back of the end zone or, or, you know, whatever it may be, fade route. Um, The things that separate the championship quarterbacks from the other quarterbacks. Those are the kinds of traits, obviously. You're not going to see them all today, but if you see one or two, it gives you a little something uh, to build on and some hope.
4: Yeah, I agree with all that. Dan, I got to go a little bit different here with this question because you're such a good person to ask. So the NFL now has an emphasis on this taunting, the taunting rule. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. And why the heck is the NFL messing with the game and taking, you know, just clapping over a player and making that a 15 yard penalty?
3: Yeah, it's a good question, Pat. You know, I, I understand the intent of the rule and how it kind of came to be. And I know I talked with Mike Vrabel about this some of the off-season, and he was one of the guys who really pushed the rule, which was interesting hmm. because you know, uh, probably could tell you that Vrabel was a guy who <laughs> was was probably a little bit of a taunter when he was a player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, you know, I, I think the the idea is to avoid the situation where things get out of control and you start having brawls and, and uh, you know, they, they want to have an NFL that young kids can look at and say, you know, this is sportsmanship, this is how we should comport ourselves. Um, but I think, you know, it, it's, it's a learning experience in terms of how to officiate this and how to, uh, you know, what, where do you draw the lines? And I think last week we saw the lines were kind of drawn in the wrong places. Mm -hmm. And um, whether or not this is just kind of, oftentimes we see when a new rule comes into effect, we see uh, the rule really called uh, severely, as it was last week. And I think it's done that way early to kind of set an example, and then after a while, things loosen up. And I would guess that it's going to loosen up a little bit as we move forward. Yeah, I hope so.
2: Dan, I'm I'm curious to get your take on on Andy Dalton. We had uh, Adam Schefter report this morning that Dalton is expected to miss more time than two weeks. In other words, he'll miss three weeks, maybe four weeks, with the bone bruise on his uh, knee, on his left knee. And and we know that, you know, the bone broom, bone bruises. There's no cartilage damage there's no ligament damage but the bone bruise is basically your your fema which is like the thigh bone rubbing against the tibia which is uh the kind of long bone uh, uh, below your knee and the idea that you've got a bruise inside the bone is is pretty scary the bears opted not to put him on um uh, on, on our IR which would have given him 3 weeks off i think we're all waiting to see what they would do on saturday is there, a, is there any kind of roster issue that could be created by that if they have to kind of turn and do anything? Do they expect him back despite these reports, or are they just kind of – I don't know what they're doing. What what are they doing?
3: Well, Dr. Mulligan uh, – That was pretty good, <laughs> right? <laughs> Man. I looked it up. Uh, I, I think uh, it's probably uh, a situation where they're not quite sure when he's going to be back, and um, – You know, oftentimes with injuries, it's not black and white. And uh, you kind of find out as you go what the scenario is. And, um, you know, they might be couching themselves a little bit to see how Justin Fields plays. And, um, you know, if Fields goes out and really uh, performs poorly, obviously there is some motivation to try to get Dalton back in there, uh, maybe even if he's not 100%. Uh, but if Fields goes out and plays well, well, then you could stick the guy in IR because he's never going to play again, right? So, um,
2: <laughs> Post-game things to look for. <laughs> yeah,
3: right. Uh, so, you know, I, I think, you know, there's just uncertainty with it right now. That's, that's my read on the whole situation.
1: You know, uh, Dan, I know we're talking about a lot of Justin Fields and rightfully so uh, with all the quarterbacks Chicago has had, but I think there's a guy in the backfield who needs to be the star of today's game uh, David Montgomery, and just the way he runs the ball, uh, his you know he always fights for extra yards. He's just really determined runner. Uh, I wonder what you think of David Montgomery and what you expect from him today?
3: Yeah, you know, I, I think he's off to a, a nice start, and uh, you know he he definitely needs to be a big part of the game plan today. I expect that uh, the Browns will try to run the ball a lot, too, so you could be in a you know, uh, a matter of ball control uh, against this team. I mean, the thing you don't want is for Fields to be in there uh, in a lot of third and longs, uh, you know, maybe facing a big deficit, you know, desperation passing. Um, that's uh, that's not an ideal recipe for a young quarterback to have success. So, yeah, you need to have, um, need to, you have the supporting cast go out there and, and do their jobs and certainly uh, Montgomery is, is probably the key to all of that for the Bears. And, and the running game, and the guy's up front, too. I mean, the other thing, too, you know, pass protection becomes critical, uh, especially against the guy who might be the best defensive end in the entire NFL and Miles Garrett. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that Woods is going to be scheming to uh, to get him free today and, and really have him bust out. Be interesting, though, too, you know, when you're pass rushing against – Justin Fields, you have to take something off a little bit because of his ability to get around the edge and make plays with his feet. Uh, you know, all that's going to be interesting. And, and Garrett, by the way, uh, has history with Effetti because they were college teammates. And um, I know from from talking to Garrett that uh, they, they, uh, they didn't always get along out on practice mm. field. So... Um, It'll be interesting to see uh, how that matchup plays up or if he's over Jason Peters a lot. let will see what they do with him.
4: Well, you mentioned a the matchup there. That's that's one I'm really looking forward to seeing at 12 o'clock today. Are there any other matchups that you're looking forward to watching today when they, when they uh, kick off in Cleveland?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of them, Pat. I think, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Beckham against Jalen Johnson is going to be really interesting. Yeah. And, and, of course, Beckham against... Vildor as well, you know, uh, assuming that they don't travel with Beckham, Um, you know, he's obviously one of the most gifted wide receivers in football and um, the Bears will have their hands full. Johnson really, I I thought, uh, uh, stepped up last week and has continued to step up. It really looks like he's developing into a premier cornerback in the NFL. Uh, This will be a different new test for him. And uh we'll we'll see how he answers it. I think it's it's a it'll be a big deal in the game.
2: Do uh do Chubb and and uh, Roquan Smith, former teammates, dislike each other too? Is that mm. just something <laughs> that happens in life? <laughs>
3: Well, you know, oftentimes the former teammates do dislike each other, despite Mm. what they say about how much they like each other. (laughs) (laughs) We know the truth. Taunting each other. Mm. I don't know. I was always well liked, man. I can't even think
1: of one guy. Dan, I can't even think of one person I had a problem with. To be honest with you.
3: I put it this way: I'm not taking your word for it.
2: What uh, Dan, thanks so much. We appreciate your time. What What did you end up doing? And I don't want to influence you, but I did see this statistic that um, since 2019, so it doesn't include the first year, but since 2019, so not counting 18, uh, Matt Nagy has had 14 games where he's been an underdog of uh, of more than a field goal, and he's he's a seven point underdog. It's it opened at seven five, but I think the uncertainty with Mayfield dropped it to seven. The Bears 1-13 straight up in those games, 2-12 against the spread in those 14 games where they've been uh, been supposed to lose.
3: Wow. That's, that's a surprising statistic. Say, <laughs> it's a know. bad one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I think they're supposed to lose again if you're asking me that question. Uh, and I think they will lose again. I, I think, uh, you know, there is obviously uh, the, Justin Fields is such an X factor that it's hard to really... Uh, determine what kind of impact he's going to have on the game and uh, how how ready he is for this moment. So, um, you know, it, I think it's going to be a close game for that reason. And I've got the Browns winning 23-20. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Bears defense, uh, if it plays the way it did last week, Bears will win. But it's tough to expect the defense to go out and perform like that every week, especially against an offense like the Browns, which is a step up from the offense that the bears played last week.
2: Great stuff, Dan. Thanks a ton. We
3: appreciate it. Okay. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks Dan. Thanks, yeah,
2: Dan. Dan that, that's, um, that's fun stuff. We didn't get into the fact, Olin, and I, yeah. I you know, I'll, I'll talk to him privately. Of course, I already have. You are one of 122 players that uh, was mentioned for the hall of fame, eligible for the hall of fame. Yeah. There are eight bears players, um, a varying degree of, of beardom. Obviously, it's yourself and, uh, and Peanut and Lance Briggs, and maybe Devin Hester has the best chance. Uh, Ruben Brown, your friend Ruben mm-hmm. Brown, is a guy that uh, played with the Bears and probably would go in based on his uh, career in Buffalo. But uh, there are other guys like that, but Ruben, a little bit special among the group.
1: Yeah, uh, Ruben, I think he ended up with nine Pro Bowls. Um, you know, obviously there's the alternates in there, but that's up to me and Ruben to talk about. But, look, uh, <laughs> he had a great career, man. Rube was, was a dominant, dominant guard in Buffalo. Came here late in his career. Uh, there are so many Ruben Brown stories that me and Pat Manley can tell. <laughs> but I will tell you this. He was still played at an extremely high level when he got here. Uh, never seen anybody pull like Reuben Brown. His length at guard, guys, the, how long his arms were. He was basically a left tackle playing the left guard position. And, but then even with his size and his height, he could pull and dig out linebackers. If you watch uh, through his time here, if you turn the film on, most of our big runs you will see Reuben Brown uh, pulling around, getting his shoulder pad under the linebacker, pad under pad, driving his legs and moving guys out of there. And then if you put on film, I remember he played against Sean Rogers. Sean Rogers was an absolute animal for the Detroit Lions, 375, 380 pounds. Uh, Ruben Brown blocking him one-on-one. Sean Rogers couldn't, could not run him backwards. And I came over one time to give Ruben a little help because I would imagine he would want a little help with Sean Rogers. And during the play, Mully, he was screaming at me. You're taking my shine. Get away from me. I'm blocking him (laughs) one-on-one. These now are true stories of Ruben Uh, Brown, and we could go on and on about this guy and and, and the amount of, I would just say, joy we got out of being with him on the practice field, after the practice field, in meeting rooms, uh, him playing football. Uh, I don't know how many guys played football like Ruben Brown.
4: Yeah, and I I got to give you some credit, too, Olin. When we first got him, I don't know how much fire he had left. You know, we were talking about Jason Peters last week, you know, older guys coming in, and, you know, they have to still have that fire to be able to perform at a high level and really want to do it. And when he first got here, I'm not sure he had it, and I know you helped him find that, he found a friend in you. He found a competitor in you. I mean, whether it was on a practice field, like you're telling that story, don't take my shine. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was awesome what you did to him, and also what he did to you. I mean, listen, man, you, you want to give me the credit, I'll take it.
1: You know mean? <laughs> no, you want to give me it, Ruben's credit, but it's credit. true though. It was, and, it, it was and look, I just want to say while we're on the lines of that, I announced Montgomery at the draft. Obviously, gave him the rub. There, there, you, go. Go. there
2: you go. These are all this. Is- Pat it's Manley,
1: long. I had to help him with long snapping. I thought he was that's holding right. the ball wrong. This is a complete lie.
4: Oh man, All you guys had fun, man. It was fun to watch you guys. Molly, work I got to and... help
1: him. You know, and I got to help him with speaking. I don't know what else. What else have we got? To... Hey, Adam, what do you need back there?
4: Post nasal drip. Oh, help awesome. him with that.
2: Oh.
1: I already told him about the neti pot. I said you got to get the neti pot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome! All right, back to the game for a second. You mentioned uh, Jason Peters. We heard from him coming in. Uh, he had a couple of interesting clips. He he compared, and I found that confusing because I've mentioned before that I think just based on body type, um, Fields kind of seems more McNabb to me than Vic or Lamar Jackson. And I and I'm, I mean, listen. The guy is unbelievably fast, and, but he's just put together in a different way. I was surprised to hear the Michael Vick reference from Jason Peters. Now, maybe he's more talking about how you block with a guy that has speed and will do things in the open field. What was your take on, on hearing him make that comparison? And he talks specifically about how you got to block when you're dealing with a guy that can run.
1: Yeah, sometimes when you hear an old vet uh, talking at a press conference, he's basically telling you, uh, exactly what happened on film in the Bengals game. And Justin Fields got a little too deep in the pocket a couple times. Uh, Peters gave him a few hits, so I'm sure Peters had a nice conversation with him <laughs> about <laughs> drifting backwards in the pocket instead of stepping up because uh, the quarterback gets to a point, Mully, the tackles are going to run their D-ends by him. A lot of times the goal is to try to get the two D-ends to actually run into each other uh, Pat will tell you, the left and the right tackle, they think that's awesome when the two DNs hit each other and drop. So (laughs) they're both always trying to do that. Justin Fields last week, he kind of drifted back in the pocket and he was going to go. He likes to turn over his right shoulder, I think it is, and run out of pocket. Look, defenses know that. Uh, coaches study that stuff, and they're telling their DN he's going to drift back to this spot. So Peters is basically telling you, he told Fields in the meeting room, look, buddy, uh, you got to step up here on this five- or seven-step drop or whatever the drop may be, but it is different, and he's telling you it is different uh, when you block for a running quarterback, and they have to sell the The film. The, co- the uh, tackles do, I'm saying, but even the centers and guards, and you start to learn uh, what this kid likes to do when he is under pressure because there's, these are not things that are thought about, right? He just reacts to that. And when you just react, you usually go back to your same move. So Justin Fields does have to add in to his game, stepping up and then getting out of the pocket. And I think that's what Peters is saying there, that he has been through this before, that, that Foles and Vic, and he probably had to talk to Vic about that. Like, look um, – when I run this guy to this point, I'm going to keep blocking him here. The problem with Peter saying, "Look, I'm, I can take him up a couple extra kicks," and Pat, well a lot of people don't notice about Pat, but he was a he was a really good tackle in college and in high school. And I I played with Pat here when he first got here. He played a bunch of 9-on-7 and drills with us. Pat knows that tackle, if you start telling yourself to take a couple extra kicks, especially a guy like Peters, whose physical tools have deteriorated a little bit, then that that end starts coming inside. So we don't want him doing that. We don't want him getting beat immediately inside. We don't want that protection. You always want to protect inside out. So Justin Fields does have to start stepping up a little more because I know what Peters is saying. I'll take a couple extra kicks there. But look, that'll get you in trouble too.
4: I'm just a oldman If you say that, all I can hear is Tony Wise coaching me up my rookie year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't get beat inside. Don't, Don't get, get beat inside. Beat inside. Well, that's funny. Um,
2: what What's your take on this whole idea of of the IR stint or not for um, for Andy Dalton? Were you surprised that that they didn't? If he's going to miss three weeks, why not protect the roster spot and and have him uh, go to IR? It, were you at all surprised, or is it? Just the fact they don't need the spot now, so why prepare for it?
4: Yeah, that, that's that's um, interesting to me too, though. But you're always going to have the third quarter inactive on Sunday, right? So the, or the third quarterback inactive on Sunday, so maybe right. that's just what they're thinking. That he's obviously going to be the third quarterback. We'll just keep him inactive. We'll keep him, you know, um, and maybe he heals up quicker. Maybe maybe that's the thought. I don't know. I mean, that's that's the only that's the only reasonable reasonable thought that I have. The why they didn't put him on IR.
1: Yeah, I don't. It's always hard to 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 try to determine from the outside how bad his injury actually is, right? But um, he's missing this game, so obviously it's pretty bad. I don't think he was on the practice field this week. So he's dealing with pain in in, in that leg, and it is bugging him. Um, Andy Dalton now, he's a veteran. Those kind of bone bruises like you guys know, it's really just kind of how you feel, right? There's no... Uh, MRI for them. I mean, they can MRI it, but do you really see a bone bruise? I don't know. So it's just kind of how do you feel today? I'm sure they're going week by week. Uh, I guess they feel like they don't need uh, that IR spot. I, I've, I've said before, I think uh, Nick Foles and Andy Dalton, like that Spider-Man gift when they walk in a the room, they point at each other. I think they're the same guy. So it, it doesn't, you know, like you have foes. Like you're saying, uh, Molly I would love for them to see. They have foes. They have, uh, uh you know, Dalton, you know, they have fields. I'd love for them to see uh, with all those quarterback coaches we talked about before, you'd love to see another young quarterback there that they're developing in the background, the wings, getting kind of tired of all these veteran quarterbacks being around. Uh, As far as injuries go up at Hallis who knows? Uh, You see what's going on with Eddie Goldman. Uh, He's up, he's practicing, he's down, he's not. I don't know. Uh, exactly what they're all doing up there. Uh, Tevin Jenkins, right? Tevin Jenkins, back injury. He gets surgery. Uh, he, I thought he was coming back. So uh, right now, the whole injury thing, all that stuff going on, to me, they seem like at Hallis Hall, they have a bigger problem than just Andy Dalton when it comes to injuries.
2: Fair enough. All right, we're going to bring in Mark Rody. We'll get the inactives. Maybe he knows who's playing Nickelback. It, uh, it's always fun to find out what the game day roster looks like, and we'll do that next. It's the pregame show with Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley, presented by Bett Rivers, the official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Bett Rivers, download the app today here on The Score.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional
3: term supply.
5: I think I'm ready, you know, um, you know. of course, uh, I've been preparing for this moment a long time, so uh, my mindset doesn't change. I'm still gonna, you know, uh, play it, play like football and just prepare uh, the best I can, like I said before, and just, you know, uh, get a lot of practice reps in and just study, 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 and, you know, just, just get more comfortable and more confident with the plays.
2: It is the pregame show on the score. You're listening to Mully and Olin Crude, and Patrick Manley, presented by Bed Rivers Official Sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bed Rivers app today, and we're delighted to get the update from our guy, Mark Brody. He joins us on the uh, on the hotline, and the guest hotline is brought to you, presented by Circa Resort and the Casino in Las Vegas, some of the world's largest sportsbook. Good morning Mark, how are you?
5: Good morning gentlemen. Yeah, the inactives have just popped up and really no surprises the the one the most significant of the bunch in terms of game day is Tashaun Gibson senior. The Bears' starting safety is out for this game now officially, so that means a lot of Dion Bush, who has always comported himself well as a backup. Bush always there, always on the Bears. But the other inactives today, Andy Dalton, Brashad Perriman is inactive again, old Artie Burns living on the inactive list, Jesper Horstead, and then, of course, Eddie Goldman, which has been an interesting story because last week Eddie Goldman practiced once, And that that was it. He practiced twice this week, which led me to believe that he would eventually play. Then at the end of the week, he did not practice and he is didn't even didn't even make the trip, as a matter of fact. So he is officially out. So that's what we're looking at as far as some of the significant inactives today, gentlemen.
4: Hey, uh, good morning, Mark. Hey, with uh, Justin Fields getting his first NFL start, are we going to see any special packages for Nick Foles? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. One play <laughs> I'm just... away, Patrick. He's one play away.
4: <laughs> no, but seriously, how excited are the guys to to have him start? You know, they they've, they've talked about him, raved about him in the media, but I think you're closer to the guys and talk to him. How excited are they for the uh, for him to I... be out there taking snaps?
5: Pat, I think that they're excited... But there's also some anxiety mixed in with that as well. Like, they've been following this story and they know all the hype that has gone on with us, with him. And now it's like a matter of seeing it. We really haven't seen it yet the full Justin Fields. I mean, last week was a bad example. That was not a great performance for Justin Fields. Now he's had the entire week to prepare as the number one. These guys have been, you know, singing his praises since the day he walked in. And I think the players they they want to see it just like the fans want to see it and I think that you know a lot of people in the media we want to be right about it so yeah they are still singing his praises they want it badly for him but there's kind of like this this cautious optimism when it comes to Justin Fields because they realize this is the the inexperience and and the fact that he has never started a game in the NFL let alone on the road against a pretty good defensive team
1: Hey Grody, a um, couple of questions. First, I'd like to know if you were injured, who your replacement would be over there on the field. Uh, <laughs> second, uh, I think studs could be up for that job. Anyway, um, second, uh, you know, I was wondering with, around the feeling around the building is, you know, Cleveland Browns obviously is going to be a tough game for the Chicago Bears today uh, to go down there and beat them in Cleveland. But is there a feeling with the way fields could play? that they could lose and still win today? but that, I mean, could they feel good about the direction they're headed in from what field shows them today?
5: I'll take your questions in order, Olin. Uh, first of all, I think Adam Stenzinski, he might be a little bit too much of a Bears meatball because he probably, you know, he'd probably be, he'd probably be wearing his '57 Olin Krutz jersey. Go. would be my guess, you know, a different jersey every week as he collected them. As well, still to this day. And, and then we if, gotta if, watch and, Fair
1: cry on the sideline that he used to be '57 and why do have my jersey on? We gotta watch all that go down.
5: I've always wondered about that. Two very, very prominent 57s doing media. I want to see that cage match <laughs> go down. But uh, yeah, so studs, too much of a meatball. Truly, if, if I was to not do the sidelines anymore, I've been told that they would just shut the whole thing down. Oh, so... I see. Y- yeah. Yeah. There, there's really no sense in doing it beyond that. Yeah. that That's it. That's it. They're like No more sideline reports. It would just be a, a cardboard cutout of Mark Grody. It'd be great. Um, but yeah, to your point, uh, getting serious here now, All yes, of course, there is a scenario where even if the Bears lose today and they're not favored to win, that if if Justin Fields goes out there and he is good, I've been saying if he, if there is credibility in what he does, if he looks like he belongs, even if he doesn't have a great game, then it, yeah, because I think we've switched modes now to this season being more even though it feels middling there's this metamorphosis from we still want to win and compete this season to the complicated matter of Justin Fields and developing a quarterback. I don't think we are there yet where the entire season is about Justin Fields, but you got to feel like with you know the report now that Andy Dalton could miss more than 3 weeks according to Adam Schefter that you know this this might be his season. He may be right now. And if that the case this season is yeah wins would be great playoffs would be excellent but the most important thing is that your quarterback looks like he belongs and that he he shows traits of being a potential superstar quarterback in this league and they just need to see signs of it so yeah absolutely this could be a win for the bears if he if he comports himself well today
2: I like the way you put it, that Tayshawn Gibson is the you know the one that hurts, basically because he's out with a hamstring, and he's been a starter. You're going to lose something that you had. As far as Eddie Goldman is concerned, and, and maybe I'm allowing my discouragement with his inability to get on the field uh, to leak through a little, but you it's hard to miss what you haven't had, and you haven't had that guy since 2019. And, I, and as much as you think he would help them, especially in a game like this, against a, a good – offensive line against a good running game. Uh, it would be great to have him. They've done okay against the run without him. I'm just trying to I'm trying to balance my feelings about uh about Eddie Goldman's absence because obviously, you know, he chose not to show up for the mandatory portion of of practice. here he is hurt. It's hard not to link things together and it's hard not to be discouraged.
5: It's really uh, Molly, I'm I'm discouraged. I mean, this is it he hasn't been talking to us like for 2 weeks in a row. We were told, yeah, Eddie Goldman on the list of players that will be at the mic for the media to ask questions. And both weeks he has they they have canceled his performances, and and maybe that is because of the injury. But he has, like I said, he's practiced, so we assume that we would get a chance. It's really tough to figure out exactly what's what's going on with him, and you know, just going he opted out last year, and there's there's nothing anybody can say about that. That was that that was his prerogative, and you don't mess with stuff like that but then this year he misses the he's not there until training camp then he had a back injury and he was getting veterans days off and now he's got the the knee injury so it it is hard to figure out where his desire is right now and specifically what's going on and Molly that that's a good point it, they have lived without Eddie Goldman for a long time and i assume that in that building they just kind of think to themselves this is until he's back we're just going to assume he's not going to be there week to week and you know they they you're right they're running game Nick Chubb uh, Kareem Hunt, both of those guys, excellent. Good thing Akeem Hicks returned. He was sick a couple of days this right. week. He was having some respiratory uh, stuff, but we I did see him in practice on Friday, and apparently he is healthy. But yeah, it's we're at the point right now where I think it's fair to say that it's kind of a mystery with with Eddie Goldman.
4: Well, what's the word on Mario Edwards?
5: Mario Edwards should be good to go. I mean, he was yeah. out there practicing this week. He he did speak to the media and for people who don't know, he did have to serve a two-game suspension to begin the season. Um, and yeah, he he is going to help for sure. We've seen him, you know, last year he he was a playmaker for the Bears. He is, you know, he's going to have to he's going to be one of those guys who's has to be careful not to get a, a taunting penalty cuz he he's pretty, you know, I mean, he, he's one of those guys that gets pretty pumped up and excited and I'm sure you guys uh, probably have had some issues with the, the taunting penalty so far.
1: For sure. For sure. Some of them are, are a little crazy. But, uh, Grody, I'm wondering, being around that team this week, we were talking about earlier, uh, the defense had a good game, and, and I'm hoping they don't – do they feel like they arrived or are they feel like they have to keep putting successful games out there for everybody to see because – Taking a look at their stats, uh, the last seven playoff teams they've played, uh, they've averaged giving up 30 points a game. So uh, this defense, to me, still has a lot to prove. They have a, a big challenge today. The Browns' offensive line matches up well with their strength. The Bears' defensive line, we know if they have any chance to win this game, the D-line has to dominate. Did you get that sense that that defense still had that edge this week that they talk about so much?
5: I talked to Eddie Jackson had did a little one-on-one for the for the pregame show and he he's. I asked him about that, like you know, because last week was obviously a big week. He punched out a football that Sean Tish, Gibson scooped up and took it down the field, and and Eddie Jackson had received individually a ton of criticism going back to last year, and then obviously after that first L.A. game, and he said we're never going to let that happen again, and he was talking about the Rams game. But I will say this: all for the first time since I've been covering the Bears, like on an everyday basis since 2018 this is the first time the Bears defense is unpredictable. Like, we always talk about how unpredictable the Bears offense is and the obvious issues that exist there, the never-ending issues. But, like, I can't call it week to week now with the defense. And, it has, and, and it's not just this year. Like you said, it's it's going back to, to last year and even in 2019. I mean, they have kind of been on this, this odd downslide since 2018 where there are games where you're like, yep, that's the Bears defense. And then you're like, what's going on? Why did that guy I just rip off a 15-yard run right up the middle. Like, some of the explosive plays have just been alarming that the Bears' defense has given up. So, that's my long way of saying that the jury, to me, the jury is still out on the Bears' defense. I think they still have a lot to prove.
2: Great stuff, Mark. Thanks for your well, everything. Good catching up with you.
5: Bye, guys. See you, bud.
2: That is Mark Rohde. Always fun to talk to him. We're going to take a quick timeout. It's the pregame show with Olin and Patrick. It is presented by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download the Pet Rivers app today. With Justin, you
1: really there's there's a the play that's called and then there's the second play that turns into kind of some background football. So you know I'm gonna begin some sprints in after practice week. You know? But uh, yeah, no, you just gotta be aware of that. So the, there's the scramble drill is really alive now with Justin and he's gonna keep his eyes downfield for those throws. So um, yeah, those are just things we all gotta be aware of.
2: It is the score pregame show. We've got Olin Krutz, the future Hall of Famer, the, uh, the perennial pro bowler, the Bears legend, and, of course, Patrick Manley, the longest-serving player in team history. And uh, the show is presented by Bett Rivers' official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. We want to thank the fine folks at Zing Zang. They are uh, a new sponsor with the score and a great friend of the pregame show not so much to you guys yet because I believe I may have taken your uh your canned cocktails um and and used them in a correct fashion but uh (laughs) dug into some bloodies uh yesterday and god just magnificent great way to to get up I had a little thing in the morning and then I come home and I can watch football and enjoy a bloody mary nothing like it um guys we just heard from Cole Komet we got to talk about the weaponry that is that is uh, at the hands here of Justin Fields in this opener. Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea, and, and I'm a little worried to hear Matt Nagy come out and say that's never going to happen, we'll never have a game where we don't use the tight ends. They never use the tight ends. I, I asked David this week if he thought that uh, Jimmy Graham was on the team to to fly the, uh, the um, airplane because he doesn't seem to play, and I know he's a pilot, so there's got to be a reason they're paying him this money.
1: Yeah, look, like the, the Jimmy Graham, uh, you know, keeping him on the team, getting rid of who they got rid of, and I know there's a lot of numbers and all that stuff that goes into it, but Kyle Fuller's not here. Uh, Charles Leno's not here. Uh, they kept Jimmy Graham. Uh, we're all waiting for the reason they kept him. Uh, we know he struggles with blocking. We saw that last week. Uh, he missed that block where if he would have made that block, Justin Fields probably walks into the end zone down there. So uh, he's here because, he's they in their mind, he's a matchup problem. But, Pat... You go back to Trey Burton, they signed him, uh, he's gone now. Adam Shaheen, they draft him, he's gone now. Now they got Cole Komet, uh, they draft him early. Uh, You know, they signed Jesse James, they got J.P. Holtz. So they have four tight ends up uh, every week for the game and you just want to see Cole Komet be a little bigger part of this offense because they need somebody in the middle of that field that threatens them in their scheme. And I'm talking about the Andy Reid, right, Doug Peterson. You think about Ertz in Philadelphia when they're good. You think about Travis Kelsey down there in Kansas City, obviously probably the best tight end in the NFL right now we talk about pass catching and mismatches for DBs and cornerbacks. You're going to see that today. The Bears' defense a little bit. I'm thinking with Landry being out, they're using a the Joku over there in the slot, and the Bears struggle at nickel, so that's going to be a problem for them. But they will use their tight ends a lot. We're waiting for Coach Nagy in this scheme that features a, a pass-catching tight end to start using that guy.
4: Yeah, I, I just I I don't know why they don't use him more, but um, or maybe I guess I can answer my own question. It, it could be because. The quarterbacks don't trust him. It looks like to me when they get in third situation, the scat protections you've talked about, Olin, they're going to Allen Robinson. They're going to him because they know he's going to win the matchup. Maybe they just don't trust Cole Komet right now. Obviously, they're not playing Jimmy Graham enough. I don't think he's getting enough snaps to get to talk about you know trusting him. But it seems like to me, even Justin Fields last week, Andy Dalton does it as well, and we saw Mitch Trubisky do it, would always lean on Allen Robinson in any of those situations. It could just be a trust thing. I don't know. Hopefully, Cole Komet can uh, you know get, get get together with Justin Fields and be used more. But it is it is kind of it, – it's head-scratching because you watched that Kansas City game two weeks ago against the Browns and you see Travis Kelsey all over the place getting the ball and, and having a great game. And i just surprised you don't see more of the tight end use with Matt Nagy. Hey, Pat, I, I kind
1: of think I, – I think I know where you're going with that, so I want to ask you this question. Uh, if you could explain to the listeners what you mean by – like how do you earn a quarterback's trust? What do you mean by they
4: don't trust him? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's just in practice. You understand the guy's going to get open in his matchups. He's always going to catch the ball for you. He's going to be where he's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's just how you get trust. You, you you work work all those reps in practice. You work the red zone. You work whatever third down blitz. You know the player's going to be where they're supposed to be, and they're going to be able to beat their man. You know they're better than them at whatever they're trying to do to get open. And I think Allen Robinson does that because he is a great receiver, and he's he's earned a lot of trust from the other quarterbacks previously but he seems like he's always open and can make that contest contested catch that um, makes the quarterback look better and feel more comfortable
1: yeah and, and Mully I, th- I think a great example for our listeners of what Pat is talking about is that's why Miller's not here anymore right uh, he, wow. he was never in the right spot
4: yep
2: no question about it okay we're going to bring in Todd Haley we're going to talk to uh, uh one of uh, your former coaches and a guy that is uh been a head coach in the league and been an offensive coordinator around the league. And we'll get his take on what you do with the rookie quarterback. We'll do that next here on the pregame show. Olin Crew's Patrick Manley presented by Bett Rivers, official sports book of the Chicago bears. Download the BetRivers Rivers app today.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe.